Hello and welcome to the Rugby Gods podcast. I'm John Keenan. No mai haere mai. Today is March 23rd and now let's talk some rugby. Alright, so I want to go through Super Rugby for the weekend just being uh, Friday 19th of March through to Sunday 21st of March. Uh, in Super Rugby AU that was around 5 and in Super Rugby Aotearoa that was around 4. Uh, so the first match on the Friday night was the Rebels at home to the Waratahs. Uh, and it was 33-14 uh, to the Rebels. Uh, the second match in Super Rugby AU on the Saturday was the Reds at home to the Force, and it was 26-19 to the Reds. Uh, in Super Rugby Aotearoa, uh, the first match was on the Saturday. It was the Hurricanes at home to the Chiefs, and it was 35-29 uh, to the Chiefs. So well done to the Chiefs getting their first win uh, ever in uh, Super Rugby Aotearoa. Uh, the second match on the Sunday was the Blues at home to the Crusaders, uh, and it was a 43-27 to the Crusaders. So uh, two away wins there in Super Rugby Aotearoa. So yeah, those were the uh, four games for the weekend. Uh, I'll just go through and tell you quickly uh, my margins or what I picked uh, going into those matches. Uh, so for the Rebels uh, v Waratahs, uh, I had the Rebels plus nine. Uh, and the Rebels won plus 19. Uh, for the Reds v Force, I had the Reds plus 11, uh, and it was the Reds plus 7. Uh, in Super Rugby Aotearoa, uh, Hurricanes at home to the Chiefs, I had the Hurricanes plus 5, uh, and it was the Chiefs plus 6. Uh, and in the Sunday match, the last match, the Blues at home to the Crusaders, uh, I had the Blues plus 5, uh, and it was the Crusaders plus 16. Uh, so picked the two matches in Super Rugby AU, uh, but sort of was a little bit, uh, well, I guess I got a margin uh, in terms of being within five points uh, for the Reds match. Uh, but yeah, I was sort of underwhelmed or uh, certainly undershot uh, the Rebels' performance via the Waratahs, which was probably a little bit silly of me, uh, seeing as, you know, the Waratahs have been well and truly under the pump uh, in Super Rugby AU with some uh, pretty big defeats. Rebels have been travelling very well uh, and it was the Rebels at home as well. So yeah, probably should have gone higher on that. Uh, but you know, well done to the Waratahs. That was certainly a more creditable performance uh, than some of their previous uh, you know, performances against the Reds and Brumbies. Uh, in Super Rugby Aotearoa, uh, I got neither of the uh, two matches. Uh, you know, picked the Hurricanes plus five, and that was obviously looking pretty good. Uh, and in fact, uh, again, uh, looked like I'd undershot that one, uh, you know, around the 55-minute mark. But uh, the Chiefs really came to the party in that final sort of 20, 25 minutes. Uh, just an absolute uh, barnstorming comeback there. Um, you know, Hurricanes will certainly have a bit of soul-searching to do this week as to why or how they lost that, uh, you know, being up by 19 points with 25 minutes to go. Uh, they lost it by six and, you know, probably could or should have actually lost that by more. Um, you know, McKenzie missed a, a penalty, basically, um, you know, to finish the match. So, yeah, uh, a huge turnaround there. Well done to the Chiefs. But, you know, you have to ask questions about that Hurricanes performance. Uh, and then in the final match, uh, the Blues match, I picked the Blues plus five, uh, you know, basing it on, you know, two very good performances against uh, the Hurricanes away uh, and the Highlanders at home. Uh, but the Crusaders were just a cut above uh, and the Blues just really weren't in that conversation too much, you'd have to say. Uh, you know, there might be a few stats, there might be a few people out there, uh, you know, saying it was, you know, a fairly close competitive match. But I think, you know, to the neutral or, you know, to a, a relatively unbiased eye, 
you know, the Crusaders did that pretty comfortably. <clears throat> and in fact, you know, they, they basically won that match as comfortably uh, as their previous matches against, um, you know, the likes of the Hurricanes, the Chiefs uh, and the Highlanders. So, you know, a really good performance from the Crusaders away in Auckland. So, yeah, let's uh, pick through in a little bit more detail uh, what happened in some of those matches. So we'll start with uh, the Rebels, uh, you know, at home to the Waratahs, 33-14 to the Rebels. Uh, it was three tries to two to the Rebels. Uh, the Rebels ran for 468 metres to the Waratahs, 494. Um, and then, yeah, if we have a look at, you know, so fairly even there in terms of, you know, what's going on in terms of tries and, you know, metres uh, gained or metres carried. Uh, or run meters. Uh, I never really know how to say that metric. Um, and then, yeah, if we have a look inside of the attacking metrics um, to see, you know, who did what with the ball. So, uh, 14 uh, defenders beaten for the Rebels, 23 defenders beaten for the Waratahs, 10 clean breaks for the Rebels, 14 clean breaks for the Waratahs, uh, and then 13 offloads uh, to the Rebels and 6 offloads for the Waratahs. So, you know, certainly, uh, you know, Waratahs did quite a lot with ball in hand, uh, ran for more metres, more defenders beaten and more clean breaks, but only scored two tries. Um, you know, they'll be a little bit disappointed with that, you'd have to think. Uh, and, you know, you know, comprehensively or, you know, comfortably beaten as well by 19 points. Um, yeah, you know, if you have a look at defence, uh, the Rebels had to make 133 tackles. Uh, the Waratahs only made 85, so certainly playing uh, with a lot more ball in hand. Um, I kind of feel like if a team's making like sub 150 tackles, um, it doesn't really matter too much uh, the differential. Like, you know, if they're tackling more, like in this case, the Rebels 133 tackles, it's still under 150. So they're not really too stressed, uh, I don't think, uh, throughout a match, you know, 80 minutes, 133 tackles, not a big deal. Uh, but it is, you know, 50 or basically 50 more tackles than the Rebels had to make. Uh, if you have a look at turnovers one, uh, this is a good area for the Rebels. Uh, eight turnovers one to three turnovers one uh, by the Waratahs. So they certainly uh, won the turnover there, uh, and you know they, they kind of bossed the Waratahs there a little bit. Uh, you know, and certainly that's going to be you know disruptive uh, for the Waratahs attacking game. Um, yeah, if we just kind of go through, um, you know, it was a little bit up and down in terms of uh, you know set piece. Uh, you know, everybody losing lineouts and losing scrums, etc. Uh, but I'll just go down to discipline, which is, you know, penalties and cards. Uh, so this was a pretty good match, or it's certainly getting more towards where I think we want to see Super Rugby matches. Uh, the Rebels only conceded nine penalties, uh, and the Waratahs conceded 12. So that's, uh, you know, 21 in total for the match, uh, and that's, you know, pretty good performance from the Waratahs. Uh, didn't have a lot of ball, uh, and only conceded nine penalties, you know, through 80 minutes. Um, if we have a look at, I'm sorry, uh, no cards as well, no red cards, no yellow cards, so very good to see. Uh, if you have a look at the possession stat or like the action areas, sort of uh, possession and territory, I guess, um, you know, the, the Rebels played with 60% of the ball uh, to 40% for the Rebels, but uh, you'd have to say a fair amount of that was pretty ineffective. 46.4% uh, of their 60% possession was ball in hand inside their own half. So, uh, you know, didn't really get down to the Waratahs 22 very often in the match. Uh, only 2.4% of their 60% possession was Waratahs ball in hand uh, in the Rebels 22. So, you know, that would be a concern for them. 
uh, you know, conversely, the rebels, uh, you know, they left on 40% possession, but, um, you know, they had uh, something like 25.9% of that was, you know, ball in hand in, uh, you know, the uh, Waratahs half. So, you know, certainly that's where you want to be playing the, playing the rugby, right? Uh, so yeah, uh, that's sort of that game there. That was the first game, I have to admit. Uh, I didn't watch it. I was a bit busy uh, with life as such. Um, and yeah, pretty much just followed the result and had a quick look at some highlights. But, uh, you know, it looked pretty, pretty clear and pretty convincing for the Rebels. Um, you know, they'll be happy with that. Um, gives them, you know, two wins, two losses uh, and, you know, some very competitive performances. Uh, against the, the top two teams in the competition. So, you know, they'd be very happy with their, uh, you know, first, uh, what would you say, like the first leg of the double round, if you will, the first five rounds for the Rebels have been, you know, very good. I believe they played uh, three away games uh, in those first five rounds as well. So uh, they should be having a fairly good, you know, like home swing uh, in the second part of the, of the double round. I think they'll have three of their four games at home. So, you know, the Rebels uh, will be, you know, definitely be pushing pretty hard, I guess, uh, to try and get that second spot. Uh, who knows if they're good enough, but uh, certainly showing a lot more than I thought they would be uh, at the start of the year. Uh, if I go into the player stats for the match as well, maybe have a bit of a look around there, have a look at what the back three was doing. <clears throat> um, you know, the Rebels did pretty well here. Um, everybody contributed. Uh, Tom Pincus, the fullback there, uh, pretty promising fullback that uh, is a little bit under the radar in terms of name recognition. <clears throat> He's had a, some pretty good performances for them, and it continued on the weekend. Uh, he ran for 83 metres, one defender beaten, one, uh, sorry, two clean breaks, two offloads, and one try assist. So it's a really nice all-round game from your fullback uh, in terms of attack. Uh, Lucky Anderson on the right wing, he scored a try and ran for 45 metres. Uh, and Marika Korobiti, as per usual, uh, massive run meters. Well, you know, relatively contained actually for him, but still very good performance. Uh, you know, 71 run meters, four defenders beat and one clean break. So, you know, you're back three for the Rebels, you know, doing some good work for sure. Uh, also, obviously, have to give uh, a shout out to Matt Tamura at 10. He certainly looks very good uh, this season. Uh, and he'll have to be uh, in that conversation as, <clears throat> or like, you know, certainly the Wallabies, are uh, formulating or developing uh, some really good depth at 10 uh, with the performances of Matt Tamua for the Rebels uh, and James O'Connor for the Reds, uh, among others. Uh, but, you know, Matt Tamua, another really good uh, performance. He scored a try, ran for 31 metres uh, and got 18 points total for the match. So, again, uh, a number of kicks or a number of successful kicks at goal. So, yeah, um, pretty good stuff. Um, we push into the Waratahs, kind of have a look at their back three as well. Uh, Mark Nawakunirawase, he uh, playing fullback, which is quite interesting. Jack Maddox on the right wing. Uh, they've done this for a couple of games now, I think. Uh, but Nawakunirawase, uh, 61 metres, four defenders beaten uh, from fullback. Jack Maddox uh, on the right wing, one try, 137 run metres, two defenders beaten, two clean breaks, one try assist. Uh, so, you know, a really nice game from Jack Maddox. Uh, and then James Ram was very contained. He only ran for 15 metres uh, in the match. So, yeah, um, maybe didn't quite get enough. Uh, well, certainly got a lot out of Jack Maddox, uh, but just certainly didn't get enough out of James Ram uh, on the left wing. Uh, and, you know, pretty pretty bare in the midfield as well uh, in terms of Alex Newsom and uh, Tipai Moroa. Uh, both of those not really doing too much offensively in the match. <clears throat> 
Um, yeah, if we have a look at the defensive side of things, uh, for uh, the Rebels, it was led by Michael Wells from 8. Uh, he made 15 tackles, missed one tackle, and one turnover one. Uh, on the other side for the Waratahs, uh, things were led, by, again, as per usual, by Carlo Tizano uh, from 7. Uh, in fact, was he playing 7? Yes, he was. He was playing 7. Uh, he made 14 tackles, no missed tackles, and one turnover one. Uh, which is uh, good, definitely um, you know, a good body of work, defensive work, uh, but relatively contained uh, or relatively minimal uh, compared to you know, some of his absolutely stellar tackling performances uh, in some of the previous games. I guess it just goes to show that they, they just had a lot more possession in this match. They were a lot more competitive, uh, you know, like having 60% uh, possession. You're not making you know, your back row you know, make 15, 20, 25 tackles in a match. Uh, so yeah, that's pretty much uh, some of the performances uh, in that match, the way things kind of shook out, and then you know a few key performances there. Uh, pushing into the second match of Super Rugby AU, uh, which was on the Saturday, it was the Reds at home to the Force. So we'll have a bit of a look through uh, some of the match stats for that. Uh, so it was four tries to one uh, to the Reds. Uh, sorry, just again, the score there was, was pretty competitive, pretty close. 26-19 uh, uh, to the Reds, uh, but it was four tries to one. Uh, run meters, 306 to 230. So that's fairly significant uh, advantage for the Reds. Uh, and then we just have a look at some of the attacking metrics. So the Reds had 25 defenders beaten to the Force's 11. Uh, the Reds had 12 clean breaks to the Forces 3, uh, and the Reds had 13 offloads to the Forces 3. So they were certainly doing a lot more with the ball in hand, a lot more creative uh, with the ball in hand, the Reds, uh, and they ended up scoring, you know, four tries to one and winning it. Um, yeah, if we have a look at tackling, uh, 130 tackles to 85. So the Reds had to make 130 tackles there. Again, pretty similar to the uh, first match there in terms of roughly sort of a 50, 50 tackle difference. But, you know, no team uh, making, you know, 150 plus tackles. So no, not too many worries there, not too many dramas. Uh, but you would have to say um, Force missed 25 tackles. Uh, so, you know, uh, making 85 tackles uh, and then, you know, uh, attempting 110 tackles but missing 25. Uh, that's a little bit of a dagger. You know, uh, if you have a look at the Reds there, they uh, attempted 141 tackles uh, and only missed 11. So certainly uh, a little bit of a defensive liability uh, from the force uh, in that match. Um, turnovers one were very even, uh, six to the Reds, five to the force. So not much, not much difference there. Um, you know, if we go through again, um, a little bit of a lolly scramble uh, in terms of set piece, <clears throat> although you'd have to say, um, the, f the force actually looked pretty good here. Um, you know, 13 lineouts, one, one lost, six scrums, one, and one lost. Um, you know, that's pretty reasonable. Um, three lineouts lost for the Reds, uh, seven scrums, and none lost uh, in, in terms of their scrummaging. So, you know, both teams uh, a little bit inconsistent, but, you know, pretty reasonable. Uh, if we go down to discipline, which is quite important, uh, to penalties and cards. Again, no red cards, no yellow cards in the match, so it's great to see. Uh, very good, like a whole round of Super Rugby AU, or like, you know, both games, Super Rugby AU, no cards. Very good. Uh, 22 penalties in total. Uh, again, coming down a little bit, although hopefully I would like to see games with about 15 penalties. Uh, but uh, the Reds actually conceded 15 themselves. 
uh, and the force only conceded seven penalties over uh, you know 80 minutes so that's very good work uh, from the force certainly kept them in the match um, and certainly you know the penalty count against the Reds uh, kept them in the match as well um, you know, if you have a look at possession or the action areas, possession and territory, pretty similar to that uh, first match in Super Rugby AU, 58% uh, possession to the force, uh, the losing team, uh, and 42% possession to the Reds. Um, but again, uh, you know, where is that possession? So only 18.4% of the 58% uh, possession for the force was, you know, ball in hand uh, and the Rebels half. So again, you know, maybe not quite uh, playing the rugby in the right areas, you know. Conversely, uh, you know the Reds only had forty-two percent possession, but they had twenty-eight point eight percent of that was you know ball in hand in the forces half. So you know that kind of shows you that they're playing in the right areas of the field with you know less ball. Uh, so you know fairly good game management you'd have to say there from uh, the Reds. Um, but yeah, you know that's kind of the way things shook out. Uh, let's have a look at some of the players and what do they do. So again, if we go and have a look at the back three, uh, you know, Jock Campbell, uh, he scored a try and ran for 43 uh, metres. Siliasi uh, Vunivalu uh, ran for 52 metres. Five defenders beat in two clean breaks and a try assist. So some nice performances there. Uh, and then Dora Sisi, or Droa Sisi, uh, he ran for 25 metres, so he was fairly well contained uh, on the left wing. Uh, into the midfield, Hunter Paisami at second five, he scored two tries, ran for 38 metres, uh, three defenders beat in, two clean breaks, uh, had a very good match. Uh, and Tate McDermott, their halfback, also scored a try. So, yeah, you know, that was pretty much what was going on uh, on the red side of things, the attacking side. Uh, their forwards uh, all very contained, uh, like no one running for even more than 25 metres. So, you know, very contained in the front row, oh sorry, in the forward pack. Uh, the force as well, uh, you know, perhaps tells a little bit of a tale here. Uh, we d I did talk about, you know, uh, they had Kearney at fullback and then Ralston and Kahui on the wings. So, like I said, I think last week, a little bit of a dad's army, uh, perhaps. Uh, and, you know, Rob Kearney was pretty ineffective in this one. Um, you know, he only ran for nine metres on four carries. Uh, Brian Ralston, the right winger, ran for 29 metres. Uh, and Richard Kahui, he only ran for 10 metres. So that back three was, you know, incredibly contained uh, throughout the match. Um, and, you know, really just nobody uh, in the force running for any metres, nobody running for even more than 40 metres uh, in the entire match. Uh, Jake McIntyre, he scored 14 points, uh, you know, a lot of that, uh, you know, from the boot. Um, or, you know, all of that from the boot. Uh, if we have a look at the defensive side of things, um, you know, who topped it or who led it in terms of tackles uh, for the Reds, generally speaking, you want to go to their loose forwards who are, you know, a real, a real you know, they have a really dynamic trio there. Um, and in this one, it's no different. Uh, so Fraser McRate uh, at seven, uh, he made 18 tackles, no missed tackles, and one turnover one. And then Angus Scott Young on the blind side six, he made 18 tackles and missed one tackle. So a huge amount of tackling there from, you know, the Reds loose forwards. Uh, if we push over down to the force, uh, not a lot of tackling going on there. They didn't have to make that many tackles. They had, like I said before, quite a lot of possession. Uh, but the game is actually led by uh, Kane Koteka, their open side flanker. He made nine tackles, missed one tackle, and got three turnovers one. So that's some very good work at the breakdown. Very disruptive uh, in terms of, you know, disrupting Reds ball there. So well done to Kane Koteka. 
but you know nobody making more than ten tackles it was a pretty quiet uh, you know defensive night for them. So yeah, that's uh, you know some of that's the games and that's some of the players who played very well, uh, scored the tries and you know ran the meters as such. Those are certainly things that I look for. Uh, you know, plus you know who made tackles and got turnovers. Uh, so yeah, let's push it on to Super Rugby Aotearoa and have a look at the first match, which was on the Saturday. Uh, the Hurricanes at home to the Chiefs, uh, two winless teams. Two teams coming into this 0 and two, and the Chiefs were good enough to win away 35-29 for their first ever Super Rugby Aotearoa victory. Uh, yeah, having to, I wouldn't quite say leave it late uh, because, you know, they actually pretty much got into the driver's seat with 10 minutes to go, uh, you know, incredibly. Um, and, you know, the Hurricanes sort of were chasing the game basically for the final 10 minutes. But the first 55 minutes of the game was pretty much all Hurricanes uh, and they were up uh, 26-7, I believe, at about 55 minutes uh, before conceding, you know, two tries in two minutes, or two converted tries in two minutes, which totally uh, opened the game up. Uh, and, you know, the Chiefs were good enough to, you know, finish over the top of them, you know, quite comfortably. And like I said, you know, really, they probably should have won that by 7-plus uh, or 8-plus. Should have won it by 9, I guess, uh, had Damian McKenzie kicked a relatively easy penalty uh, at the finish, which he missed. So uh, Hurricanes will be uh, a little bit thankful about that. They're probably not thinking about it too much, actually. But, you know, at least they got a competition point out of it, which, again, they probably didn't even deserve, which is pretty incredible. Uh, but yeah, you've got to check that match out, watch some extended highlights or, you know, watch it uh, just to see uh, exactly the implosion uh, that, you know, occurred between sort of 55 and 70 minutes. There was a terrible 10, 15 minutes of rugby there for the Hurricanes. Uh, if we go through the stats, the uh, match stats, it was uh, five tries to four to the Chiefs. Uh, the Chiefs ran for 525 metres uh, to the Hurricanes, 348. I find that quite surprising, although obviously they did dine out in that sort of last quarter. Uh, but, you know, that's a significant, almost 200 extra run metres uh, on the Hurricanes there. And they did it off a lot more carries as well. 141 carries in the match to 82 for the Hurricanes. We have a look at some of the attacking metrics. Uh, 23 defenders beaten to 16 for the Chiefs. Uh, 12 clean breaks to 9 for the Chiefs, uh, and 8 offloads to 5 for the Chiefs. Uh, and then, you know, even turnovers conceded uh, was a 12-9 to the Hurricanes. That's a stat that you don't want to be winning. Uh, so, you know, you'd have to say uh, when you look at that, uh, you know, scored more tries, ran for a lot more metres, uh, and then did a lot more with the ball in hands. Uh, and we're just better with the ball in hand in terms of retaining. So... Yeah, uh, you know, the Hurricanes, they, they kind of cannot really feel that hard done by, to be honest. Um, if you have a look defensively, uh, 143 tackles for the Hurricanes to 101 uh, for the Chiefs. Missed tackles pretty even, uh, slightly uh, slightly more missed tackles by the Hurricanes. Uh, and then six turnovers, one to three uh, for the Hurricanes. So that is perhaps a stat that they actually did win uh, throughout the match. But, you know, certainly not enough uh, compared to what the Chiefs were doing with ball in hand. Um, yeah, let's have a little bit of a look at set piece. Uh, this was pretty good. Uh, certainly the, the lineouts were, were functioning very well for both sides. Uh, both Tokiao uh, and Riccatelli, Ricky Riccatelli, they both had really good games uh, for the Chiefs uh, and for the Hurricanes. Uh, so, you know, the Hurricanes had 12 lineouts and no lineouts lost. The, third, uh, the Chiefs had 13 lineouts won and no lineouts lost. So, you know, high functioning lineouts there. 
uh, on the scrum side of things, uh, things are pretty pretty settled here as well. Only uh, I think eight scrums in total. So uh, the Hurricanes, uh, or three three scrums won, one lost. Uh, the Chiefs four scrums won and none lost. So you know, like set piece, um, you know, pretty tidy from both team from both teams. Uh, if we come down to discipline, uh, you know, looking at uh, penalties and cards, uh, again, uh, a third match in a row here to report on where there's no red cards or no yellow cards, which is very good to see. Um, you know, hopefully, like, long may that continue. Uh, and also, the total penalty count was down to 19 in this match, <clears throat> which is really good. So, you know, you can start to see there's a little bit of a pattern developing, hopefully, with the players uh, and the referees. Hopefully we're going to see less cards in the uh, you know second part of the double round, uh, and hopefully uh, the penalties conceded continue to, to drop down more towards you know the fifteen penalties per match, you know nineteen penalties and no cards in this match is you know a really good performance. Um, if we have a look at the action areas, so kind of like possession and territory, um, pretty surprising to me actually. Um, just goes to show, I guess, just how dominant the Chiefs were for periods, certainly in the second half of this match. 61% uh, possession to the Chiefs, uh, v 39% for uh, the Hurricanes. Um, to be fair though, the Hurricanes did play 12.3% uh, of that 39% possession was, you know, Hurricanes ball in hand uh, in the Chiefs 22, uh, and that's, you know, a big reason why they scored four tries. Uh, and in fact, you know, they, they had 39% uh, possession in the match, uh, but 28.4% uh, of that was ball in hand in the Chiefs' uh, half. So they were playing uh, on, a little bit on scraps, but they were playing in the right areas of the field for sure. Uh, the Chiefs in, res in reverse, um, you know, 61% possession, but 33.6% of that possession was Chiefs' ball in hand in their own 22, uh, which I really don't feel like that's what I watched. Uh, you know, I just... I, I don't feel like I saw the Chiefs really struggling to exit their 22 or playing a lot with the ball in their 22, but, I mean, that is the breakdown of the possession. 61% um, overall, 33.6% of it, um, you know, Chiefs ball in hand in their own 22. Uh, and it says, um, you know, well, the stats say uh, the Chiefs only played 1.9% of, you know, the game uh, ball in hand in the Hurricanes 22. So you do have to wonder a little uh, as to how, you know, the, the Hurricanes conceded five tries. Uh, you know, they, they, it's, a difficult, it's a difficult one for a, a passionate uh, Hurricanes man like myself uh, to narrate, uh, you know. But, you know, that is what it is. Um, yeah, pretty disappointing is, is all I can say. Um, but, you know, like I said, you know, if you go through the metrics, some of the attacking metrics, you know, the Chiefs definitely did a lot with the ball in hand. Uh, and they, you know, I, I can't say they didn't deserve it. Uh, you know, well done, they took their opportunities. I mean, that's the key thing, right? So let's push it in uh, to some of the player stats uh, and have a look through there. So if we have a look at the back three uh, for the Hurricanes, there's not really a lot going. Um, both Jordi Barrett and Julian Sarver ran for sub 50 meter nights. Uh, and in fact, even Salisi Reyasi ran for a sub 50 meter night. But Reyasi was very good. Uh, I think the stats don't quite show it. Uh, perhaps he went a little bit missing in action uh, in the second half, uh, but certainly had a very hot first half. Uh, he scored two tries, ran for 27 metres, two defenders beat and one clean break, uh, and 10 points total. Um, but yeah, I, I think really the star of the Hurricanes' attacking performance was was uh, certainly Nani Lamape. 
uh, not really so much with what he did with Ball in Hand, but like what he was creating for others around him. Uh, but you know, in saying that, he did run. He did run for sixty nine meters on ten carries, one defender beat and one clean break, one offload, and two try assists. So you know, pretty good performance there from Nani Lamape. He uh, really showed uh, that he's still in the mix or still in the um, All Black conversation for the uh, you know for the midfield spots for sure. Um, you know, if we push into the forwards, you know, again, not a lot going on there. Although, you know, Ricky Riccatelli, he scored a try, he ran for 48 metres. Uh, one defender beat it, two clean breaks. So, you know, pretty nice work. It was, it was a really good performance from Ricky Riccatelli. Uh, you know, who you have to remember, he's a pretty quality Super Rugby level player, but he is, you know, Hurricane's third choice hooker. Uh, but he really did stand up and had a great match uh, starting. Uh, if we have a look over at the Chiefs, uh, it's certainly a, a rosier picture. Um, so yeah, Damian McKenzie, uh, he ran for 80 metres from fullback, uh, three defenders beaten, uh, two offloads and a try assist. That was pretty nice work, a uh, pretty nice night for him. Scored 10 points in total uh, from the boot as well. Uh, and then, you know, Brad Webber, dangerous as usual from halfback, uh, played some pretty, pretty good, pretty deep minutes uh, again for the Chiefs uh, and was just very good. Uh, he scored a try, he ran for 53 metres uh, on nine carries, two defenders beaten, two clean breaks. Uh, it was a very good performance. Uh, Caleb Trask at 10, you'd have to say he was not particularly, he certainly wasn't a general. Uh, he looked a little bit out of sorts, uh, and I think you know it really showed that they rushed him back in to start 10 after, you know, for his first game, first game, first start of the season, start yet 10 son. Uh, and he did look a little bit short of a gallop or short of um, just confidence, I guess. But he was good enough to score a try, uh, and so was Luke Jacobson there uh, eight. He scored an important try towards the end, uh, and Nato Akoi uh, picked up a try as well. Uh, and Chase Tiatia, uh, I think you have to go down to him, uh, the 23 for the Chiefs. He was absolutely dynamite um, off the bench. Uh, he scored a try, he ran for 43 metres uh, on three carries. Uh, one defender beat and one clean break. Uh, you know, he just a really, really good um, impact off the bench uh, in that final sort of like 25, 30 minutes uh, that he got. Uh, so, you know, well done to Chase Tiatia and the Chiefs. But yeah, he was a good driver there. Um, I certainly feel like he's playing himself or, I mean, if I was the Chiefs, I would take note of that kind of performance and I wouldn't rush him into my starting 15. I would, you know, I would try and keep that in the pocket and, you know, really look to kind of get that energy off the bench from Chase Tiatia week in, week out. I feel like he's the type of player who can produce that for you uh, and he certainly hurt the Hurricanes. But yeah, you know, um, yeah, just a difficult one. Um, you know, I've, got, I've always got, you know, high expectations for the Hurricanes. I always want them to win. I always feel like they can win and beat any team. Uh, I guess this year it is a little bit different just in terms of, you know, having to go to maybe, you know, third or fourth choice sort of halfbacks uh, to get things done uh, in the halves. It's it's just looking so bare uh, there at the moment and, you know, there's nothing that's really going to change there, I don't think, for uh, the rest of Super Rugby Aotearoa uh, and whatever follows that, whether that's a third round or whether that's a, you know, Super Rugby Trans-Tasman comp. Um, it's just going to be a really tough season for the Hurricanes, I think. It's just very hard to see, uh, you know, what can be changed there. Uh, you know, for the Chiefs, certainly uh, there's more promising signs. You know, Damian McKenzie is hot at fullback. He's looking really good. Um, I still don't feel like he's um, really playing in a good position to uh, really uh, push for all black honours. Or, you know, I, I might be wrong about that, I guess. Uh, but, you know, I just 
find it very hard to see how he would fit in when you've got the likes of Jordy Barrett and Will Jordan playing fullback uh, as bigger, more athletic players. Um, and then, you know, you have the likes of David Havili as well. Um, you know, I, I, I really do feel like uh, for his game and if he wants to be in and around the All Black conversation this year, uh, I, I really do feel like he's got to play more 10 uh, or more time at 10 for the Chiefs. Uh, and certainly Caleb Trask's first performance at 10 was, was pretty average, you'd have to say. Um, you know, obviously no one's going to talk too much about it because, you know, they got the result. Um, but I would actually like for the Chiefs uh, as a neutral or as someone that's not invested in them, um, I would like to see a bit of a switch around there because Caleb Trask played excellent rugby uh, for Bay of Plenty at 15 uh, last year in 2020 in the Mighty 10 Cup uh, when Oteddy Black was running things at 10. Um, and, you know, I, I, I don't see why uh, he couldn't play fullback for the Chiefs uh, and maybe you start Damian McKenzie at 10. Uh, but, you know, hey, they got the win, so maybe they'll just roll on with what they're doing. So let's push it on uh, to the final match of uh, the week, which was the Sunday match, the second week in a row in Auckland, second Sunday match in a row in Auckland. Uh, and it was a very different uh, performance, very different result uh, for the Blues, who looked so good last Sunday against the Highlanders. Uh, this time it was their turn to be on the, a little bit of a receiving end. So yeah, 43-27 to the Crusaders away. It was a really top-class performance. So yeah, let's get into some of the match stats. Uh, it was four tries each, uh, and the Crusaders scored that fourth try very late uh, in the match. Uh, and, you know... You know, the surprising thing was, you know, it was basically four tries to three to the Blues, and yet the Crusaders were winning that match by nine with, you know, sort of you know five minutes to go kind of thing. So, you know, it was a little bit of a head-scratcher, like the Crusaders just really were so comfortable in that match. Um, but yeah, you know, four tries apiece, uh, but a 16-point win to the Crusaders. Uh, if you have a look at run meters, 423 run meters for the Blues, 369 for the Crusaders, so... You know, maybe an extra 50 run metres there for the Blues, um, but off a lot more carries, uh, 123 carries uh, to the Crusaders, 78. If we have a look at some of the attacking metrics, uh, the Blues, 22 defenders beaten, Crusaders, 20. Clean breaks, 9 for the Blues, 10 for the Crusaders, uh, and then offloads, 11 for the Blues, uh, and 6 for the Crusaders. So very even, uh, you know, attacking stats there. Uh, obviously, you know, the Blues got their offloading game going uh, a little bit towards the end of the match when they were, you know, pretty desperate, you'd have to say. Uh, but, you know, fairly even. Uh, turnovers conceded as well was uh, nine each for both teams. Uh, if you have a look at defence, uh, this is quite significant. Um, the Blues only made 75 tackles in 80 minutes, uh, whereas uh, the Crusaders had to make 143 tackles. Uh, but a real dagger here is missed tackles. So um, the Blues, you know, they attempted 95 tackles and they missed 20 tackles. Uh, so that's a, that's a pretty shocking statistic. Uh, you know, conversely, the Crusaders, they attempted 165 tackles uh, and they missed 22 tackles. So basically the missed tackles are even, but the, the Crusaders are tackling like twice as much. So, you know, that would definitely be something that Leon McDonald and or the Blues uh, coaching staff would be pretty disappointed in or very concerned about. Turnovers one very equal, uh, four for the Blues and five for the Crusaders. Uh, but I have to say, uh, you know, the Crusaders really did, I think, win that match in the loose forwards. Um, it was certainly very competitive in the tight five, and the Blues really stepped up there and, you know, at, for periods of time, certainly had parity 
uh, with that awesome Crusaders Type 5. Um, but they just didn't really get the support um, from their back row, from their loose forwards. I thought it would be an area that they would be very strong in in the game, uh, especially as they went in with the 6-2 split, uh, you know, and they backed them up. They backed up their loose forwards essentially with uh, Tom Robertson and Adrian Choate, so kind of like a, a, a six-lock swingman uh, and a specialist seven, uh, but they just really weren't uh, effective uh, against the Crusaders, and that's a Crusaders team that's a little bit underpowered in terms of you know missing a couple of players um, that they would like to probably start uh, in that back row. So you'd have to hat tip the Crusaders there. Certainly, uh, maybe weren't as dominant as people were thinking in the tight five, but you know, uh, every month, every bit, uh, the Blues equal if not better uh, in the loose forwards, and I think that was a key difference. Certainly made things a lot easier for the Crusaders backs. Uh, you know, who had a little bit of a field day, must be said. Um, so yeah, you know, if you go into you know the set piece, you know things are a little bit of a lolly scramble there. A few lineouts lost for each team, a couple of scrums lost for each team, etc. Um, but yeah, you know, like nothing too uh, different. Uh, if we get into discipline here, though, uh, this was a real killer in the match. Uh, so twenty eight penalties in total. That's far too many. Uh, Fifteen conceded by the Blues, thirteen conceded by the Crusaders. It, it really did mar the match a little bit in, in periods. Uh, and there was a yellow card as well, uh, conceded uh, by the Crusaders. Um, oh, sorry, conceded by the Blues, I should say. Um, yeah, if we have a look at action areas, 61% um, possession for the Blues, so they'll be very happy about that. Um, and it was, you know, shared out pretty much across the field. Um, they had, you know, 18.1% possession, or sorry, uh, 22, 22.8% possession, or 22.8% of that 61% was, you know, ball in hand in their half. Uh, so, you know, that does leave a really nice, chunky sort of 38% possession uh, in the Crusaders' half. So, like, ball in hand in the Crusaders' half. 61% uh, possession total, 38% is, you know, you playing rugby uh, in your opposition's half. So they did do very well there, and in fact, you know, they spent 18.7% of the match, uh, you know, ball in hand in the Crusaders uh, 22. So they, they didn't really die wondering there. Um, you know, conversely, uh, the Crusaders, they, uh, you know, played with 39% uh, possession, uh, and a huge amount of that, 25.9% uh, of that was uh, ball in hand in their own uh, half. So, you know... You, you, generally speaking, you know, when you're not playing, you know, when you're not playing with much ball uh, and the ball you are playing with is in your half, uh, you generally you, you feel like you're going to be under the pump in the match. Um, you know, the Crusaders only played 2.6% uh, possession in the whole match was, you know, Crusaders ball in hand in the Blues 22, uh, and yet they scored four tries. Um, so, you know, I guess, you know, a, a really a really big key there to this match, I guess, and how comfortable it was for the Crusaders was the fact that they did take points, uh, you know, throughout sort of uh, the second and third quarter or, like, say, the last 20 minutes of the first half, the first sort of 20, 25 minutes of the second half, uh, the Crusaders were just prepared to build scoreboard pressure. You know, Blues commit a penalty and it's kickable. We just take the points. We're not going for this, yeah, kick into the corner or have a scrum or whatever. We're not playing a territory game or like a, a time possession game. We're just going to take points and reset the match and just keep the scoreboard ticking. Uh, and you'd have to say, uh, hopefully the Hurricanes are taking note, uh, taking some notes about that uh, because they had many opportunities to, uh, you know, just 
tick over the scoreboard basically when they were up by 19 against the Chiefs, you know, getting fairly deep uh, into that second half. They had a few different penalty opportunities that they could have taken against the Chiefs uh, and it was only once the game had gotten back to basically evens uh, that they started going back to Jordy Barrett to try and kick long-range penalties. But they really could or should have been doing that, you know, when they were 19 points up. Uh, and, you know, so I think, you know, the Crusaders certainly showed the Hurricanes how to play rugby. Uh, and, you know, that's that's kind of like the real reason there is, you know, Richie Mwanga, nine from nine in the match, and just kicked a, you know, a truckload of penalties. Uh, and, you know, it made it pretty comfortable in the finish uh, for the Crusaders. So let's have a look at some of the attacking metrics. Um, yeah, pretty interesting. It was certainly uh, well farmed around by the Blues. Uh, nobody was stellar in the backs in terms of run meters, but you do have to shout out the veteran Bryce Heem, uh, who came on for you know a first start in you know a very long time. Uh, it's his first year back with the Blues uh, in a number of seasons, uh, and it was his first start for the year. Uh, he ran for 58 meters on 10 carries, two defenders beaten, two clean breaks, and two offloads. So he was very busy uh, on that right wing. Uh, Stephen Parafetta uh, and Caleb Clark were both pretty well contained, uh, although Caleb Clark did manage uh, a try assist uh, throughout the game. Uh, surprisingly, or probably an, another dagger for the Blues was Oteddy Black. Um, you know, he, he ran for no metres uh, in the match, which I find is a little bit criminal. That's certainly like not what his game has been about uh, this year. He's certainly been a little bit more creative, a little bit more of a running 10, uh, and that game just completely deserted him uh, in this match. Uh, and very similar with Jonathan Ruru, he, uh, he only ran for four metres in the match. He, you know, he played a considerable amount of it. So, you know, didn't get much uh, attacking-wise uh, out of the halves uh, if you're the Blues. <clears throat> if you go into the forwards, uh, there's some really good performances here. Um, it's where the tries came from. So Hoskins and Tutu scored a try. Blake Gibson scored a try. Uh, and Kurt Eklund scored two tries. He's the uh, Blues reserve hooker. Uh, he was good enough to score two tries. Although, unfortunately for him, he got put on reports uh, or got cited after the match. And I believe he's picked up uh, a fairly lengthy suspension uh, for a, uh, I don't know what you would call it, like a, an illegal grapple, uh, but he, he certainly uh, manhandled a player, uh, and he's been suspended for that, so he'd be a little bit disappointed. Uh, maybe one more shout-out there would be Tom Robinson. Uh, he was very good uh, coming on. Uh, I guess he came on uh, to cover six, I believe. He ran for 37 metres, uh, and he was just really busy. Uh, he was involved in a try assist as well. Uh, got an offload away as well and a try assist, uh, 37 metres on five carries. He was very good. Uh, I think he's another one of those players that, you know, I wouldn't really be rushing him into a starting setup, but I would love to, you know, I'd love to have him on a bench and just to get that, you know, like 20, 30 minutes of energy in the second half out of him. He seems to be a really good role player or really good, you know, like reserve role player uh, for the Blues. Um, if we push on over to the Crusaders and have a look at what they did, uh, it's pretty classical. Uh, and just in terms of what the back three got up to, so Will Jordan was, you know, fairly quiet, you'd have to say, by his standards, but he still ran for 59 metres on six carries, four defenders beaten, two clean breaks, and one offload. So, you know, quiet night for Will Jordan is uh, still a very good performance for most people. Uh, Sevi Reese, he scored a try, he ran for 52 metres, one defender beaten, two clean breaks. Um, and also on the other wing there, Lestefan Ganuku, who's just a, you know, a, a run, a, a metres carry, metres run uh, machine. Uh, he ran for 83 metres on nine carries, four defenders beaten, uh, one clean break. 
uh, and one offload. So, you know, the back three really getting things done uh, for the Crusaders as per usual. Uh, and then, of course, you know, you have to shout out Richard Mwanga here. He scored a try. He ran for 34 metres on uh, five carries. Uh, five defenders beat him, two clean breaks uh, and one try assist. Uh, and he scored 28 points in total. Uh, so just an absolutely monstrous, just totally, you know, put to bed uh, any sort of like Oteri Black v. Richie Moonga sort of rivalry. Uh, not that that has really developed just yet. Um, you know, obviously it's always Richie Moonga v. Bowden Barrett, of course, uh, for an All Blacks conversation. But just in terms of like, you know, what did Richie Moonga bring for the Crusaders? What did Oteri Black bring for the Blues? Well, you know, it was just, you know, boys and men uh, this time around anyway. Uh, going into the forwards, uh, the Crusaders didn't run too much uh, in terms of their forwards, <clears throat> so I just won't really mention that too much. But like I said, uh, they were very good uh, in the loose forwards, or I thought they were very good there. Uh, if you have a look at the Blues, who led the tackle counts, um, there's not really a lot to report here because you know they, they just didn't have to make very many tackles. Uh, so if we go into the forwards, there's a few guys on seven tackles, which is just not much. Uh, but uh, Josh Goodhue, uh, one of their locks, he made seven tackles. Alex Hodgman, uh, one of their props, uh, their tight head prop, made seven tackles. Uh, and Adrian Choate, uh, their reserve, I guess you'd say he was their reserve seven, uh, probably playing 23 in this match, perhaps. Um, he made seven tackles as well. So, you know, just not a lot of defensive work going on uh, for the Blues. Uh, the Crusaders, conversely, um, a lot of tackling in the midfield. Uh, you know, Jack Goodhue, uh, 11 tackles, one missed tackle, uh, and one turnover, one. David Harvelli from second five, 14 tackles, two missed tackles, and one turnover, one. So very good from the midfield there. Obviously three missed tackles, but, you know, 25 completed tackles and two turnovers, one from Goodhue and Harvelli. Uh, that's some pretty nice work, uh, you know, from your midfield. Uh, if you push into the forwards though as well, things were led by Ethan Blackadder, uh, who put in 16 tackles, also missed four tackles, so he'd be maybe a touch disappointed about that, but he certainly had a really good game there. Uh, you know, if I just go through, Sione <coughs> uh, Havili as well made 11 tackles, uh, and Sam Whitelock made 12, uh, so there was, uh, and Cody Taylor made 13. So, you know, from your hooker, from your lock, from your six, from your seven, you got, you know, a, a lot of tackling down there. Uh, you know, Cody Taylor looked very good again. Um, you know, probably should have shouted him out, actually, uh, earlier than this. Uh, but, you know, 13 tackles and one turnover, one very good night uh, from him, as per usual, uh, this year. In fact, I might just go to Cody Taylor uh, because uh, he did score a try as well. Uh, it only credits him with... Uh, in fact, it credits him with no run meters, uh, but he did score a try there uh, to go along with a, a very good defensive shift. Uh, you know, 13 tackles uh, and one turnover one. So, you know, he's just doing great work uh, for the Crusaders this year. Uh, hopefully he keeps that up, that form up for the uh, rest of uh, 2021. That'd be awesome, uh, you know, as an All Black supporter, as well as a Hurricane supporter. Yeah, so, I mean, that is the way things shaped out there. You know, you'd have to say, um, you know, Crusaders just very good in the midfield defensively, very good in the back three attacking. Um, and, you know, Richie Moonga just ran everything. Uh, and then, like I said, I, I really felt like an area of vulnerability, possibly weakness uh, for the Crusaders was just completely a non-issue. And I think they really, like, bossed, um, you know, the loose forward battle. Um, so, you know, they did it pretty comfortably. <clears throat> and they did it pretty comfortably with minimal ball as well. 
you know, the Blues playing with something like 61% possession uh, and quite a lot of field territory or quite a lot of territory. Um, but the Crusaders just were not troubled. Uh, they made the right decisions and they took points uh, and they won. Uh, you know, that's all you can say there. So, yeah, uh, I'm going to sign out, peace out there, just in terms of, you know, that is uh, Super Rugby for, I guess, round four of Super Rugby Aotearoa and round five of Super Rugby AU. Both competitions, well, Super Rugby AU is at its halfway point, uh, and Super Rugby Aotearoa will be at its halfway point this coming weekend. Uh, but, you know, both competitions going pretty well. Um, and there's, you know, you'd have to say Crusaders are just supreme uh, in the New Zealand side of things, and they'll be taking a bye in round five. Uh, whereas uh, Super Rugby AU is certainly uh, a lot more of a two-horse, if not three-horse race, uh, with also, you know, the force playing pretty well uh, as well. So, you know, certainly a much more even contest, I think, in Australia. But yeah, going to make a stop there. Uh, I'll probably come back and do a bit of a part two, uh, having a look, uh, a quick squiz uh, at the Japanese Top League, um, the Six Nations, and uh, Major League Rugby, because that got underway uh, this weekend just being as well. So thanks a lot. I'll see you later. Bye-bye.